Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy. Today we'll be discussing the benefits of doing asynchronous classes online, how online learning doesn't mean less socialization, and how you, parent, learning to do something new that you never knew before can be such a powerful example for your children to witness. With us to do that, we have Meryl Vandermeer, CEO and founder of Fundafunda.com, an online academy. Fundafunda came about when she began to homeschool her four children, and while she was teaching at a homeschool co-op for 10 years, where she found many needs and challenges that she felt could be minimized by transferring the class to an online platform. She, being a trained computer programmer, felt confident to accomplish this, and thus, Funda Funda, the online academy, was born. Funda Funda offers a diversity of subjects taught by her hand-picked, passionate, and skilled teachers. Meryl herself keeps her hand in and teaches. Meryl is a humble woman who loves to travel and read. She brings a wealth of knowledge, authenticity, and passion to her classes. You're going to feel like you've known her all of your life. Go grab your coffee, go grab your tea, and a pen and paper, because you're not going to want to miss what Meryl has to say. Let's get into the podcast. All right, welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage podcast, and today's guest is Meryl Van Der Ver- mm. <laughs> I'll do it again. And today's guest is Meryl Van Dermerv, CEO of Funda Funda. Meryl, why don't you say hello to the listener? Hello, everyone. And can you tell us one concept you feel most have about homeschooling? I, I think we saw this particularly during the pandemic is when people um, started doing what they thought was homeschooling. You know, they were doing school at home. Homeschooling is not the same as doing public school, but just doing it at home. And if you are doing some online public school system, you are not homeschooling. You're just doing public school at home. And it's not the same thing. Homeschooling is when the parent actually takes control of your education and picks the curriculum, decides the times, decides how you're going to do things. And that's quite different. So you, I see also see people who will just like say, you know, what curriculum is the local school using because I need to use that. No, don't do that. Look at your own child and figure out what's best for them. There are so many math curriculums out there, so many history and science and all the rest. What is their learning style? Um, you know, how, how in-depth do they want to go? Allow your child to go down rabbit trails, especially when they're younger and, you, you know, it doesn't matter that much. But you, you can be so much more flexible when you're homeschooling. And so it's, it's a completely different mindset where you are not working to the same kind of standards as schools teachers have to. It's a lot more freeing, which doesn't mean you're not teaching your kid, but it just means you've, you've got more freedom to choose how to do it. That's really insightful because I do believe a lot of parents are probably doing public school at home and they don't realize that they think they're homeschooling because they just are so used to that public school way of of doing things that that freedom trips them up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Now, you've you've been how long have you been doing Funda Funda Funda? I think I started in a small way in 2010 was when I started. And um, initially I was just blogging and then eventually I added classes and I was homeschooling longer than that. Well, I homeschooled. Well, I'm thinking now, now you're asking me, um, my youngest is, is 
22 now and she was three when we started so I guess it was a while ago yes wow that's amazing so you you're fully a program so you said that let's well, going back to what you said making homeschool thing where parents pick their child's curriculum they pick their child's hours how does funda funda do that for the parent okay so we um are a an online academy where you pick and choose so you would not just sign up to do your class for us. In fact, we don't even offer all the classes. I'm very picky about who my teachers are and I want the right fit. So if I don't, haven't found anybody yet, uh, we don't offer it. Uh, for the younger lot, we don't have a lot for um, elementary. There's, there's a few things the Spanish classes are from um, kindergarten all the way up. So we have unit studies for fourth through eighth grade. And a unit study could be a deep dive. So like, for instance, maybe you're doing um, world history and your child is interested in World War II. We have two unit studies on World War II. So you could stop, grab one of our unit studies and do a deep dive into it. You can also, some of our unit studies, like we have eight unit studies that can go together to do the human body. So you could do the human body. Um, each unit study is about a month's work. So you could take that and put them all together and have them as a um, middle school curriculum for human anatomy. We, we do also have semester classes for um, some, some middle school classes as well, but you'll pick and you'll choose. And then we have a number of different high school classes, but you know, you would probably do one or two, typically no one will do more than three classes from us. And then you'll go to another provider and pick some other classes from them. And then perhaps you'll take some textbooks and well, maybe not textbooks, but maybe you'd use like a curriculum say like sunlight, which you um, is, is very book-based reading based. Um, you know, and you could mix, you could mix it up and do different things for each subject. You don't have to, you don't have to just pick one thing and stick with it and giving a variety of different online classes and in like in-person classes, maybe go to a co-op for some classes, gives your child the experience of lots of different teachers and ways of learning and helps them figure out what works best for them. And I love the fact you just don't pick a teacher just for the sake of having teachers. No. If you don't feel a connection with them, you won't offer. What do you look for in your so the first thing is they've got to be passionate, obviously. I mean, that would be a no-brainer. I mean, if you don't actually enjoy teaching, um, you know, I'd, it wouldn't be a good fit. So the biology teacher actually talked with me at our co-op, and I'm not at all interested in biology, but we ended up having a lunch break together. And she would just be enthusiastically telling me all about these things that they were studying. And she, she got me very close to being enthusiastic about biology. And I definitely knew that if she had been there when my kids were that age, I would have sent them to her instead of we did it at home. Um, and so that's the one thing they've got to be good with technology <laughs> because, um, you know, everything is delivered online. They need to um, understand how to de deliver an interesting class online. So it's not just lectures, uh, multiple choice questions. That to me is, is not teaching. The teaching style has to get the students involved. It needs them to be doing research perhaps. Um, they must be active in their learning. So I also like you know to mix it up so that not every week is identical, different types of projects. Um, obviously the teacher should be you know willing to help kids who are struggling. Uh, that's to go without saying. But those are some of the things you know that you know the passion being able to deliver an interesting class because if the class isn't engaging the kids are going to learn and funder funder has the word fun in it because i very much believe that learning should be fun and rigorous and that's the other thing I actually do look for i do i'm looking we are trying to prepare kids for college so 
our classes are not lightweight, which doesn't mean they're difficult and boring, but it means that the students will be well prepared for college. And so I need a teacher who's not just going to go through the motions and try and make a class that everybody can get easy A's. Right. That's not the point, but that they'll actually come out being able to understand the subject matter. And another thing is the teacher has to understand how to make it relevant. You know, I don't want any kid coming and saying, well, I don't see the point of why I learned biology or why I did U.S. history, why I did health. It should be immediately obvious and relevant to their lives, um, even if you're studying something like U.S. history, which is what I teach. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's what is education if it's not actually changing you as a person? Learning a bunch of facts is not education. Our classes are asynchronous and all our full semester classes, apart from a very few, we're just trying to trial um, having ones without deadlines but all of them that are teacher graded have deadlines so they're very like college online classes so that you'll log on the beginning of the week see what work you have to do in the week and you decide are you doing it all in one day are you spreading it over three days are you working six o'clock in the morning or midnight and so it doesn't matter where you are in the world or your time zone you'll just work but there will be a deadline and typically friday everything must be submitted um, um apart, spanish is the only one there is a live for high school there is a live conversation hour which they work out a time that works for everybody just because it's a language so you need to practice speaking it Students that like to work fast, so my own children would have benefited though they never did it. So if you have a child who doesn't want to wait, um, so like an online class, you know, perhaps they're watching a chemistry, they're on the live chemistry class, and then one kid doesn't understand. And so, you know, the teacher has to repeat it, and the teacher will go over it a few times to make sure they understand it. Um, whereas when you've got asynchronous, everybody can go at your own speed. So you're not waiting on the rest of your class. So if you like to work fast, that's fine. The other kind of student that works well for as well is st students with learning disabilities. If you, if a, a student that needs to listen to something three times before they understand it, um, ours were great because you just can go back and if it's a video they're watching, they can replay it. Or if it's something they have to read and then follow through, they can read it and reread it and they're not holding body up. If they need to be fidgeting while they work, if they need to have a fidget ball or something in their hands, they can do it. If they need to stop and get a snack, they can do it because they're not bothering anybody because, you know, there's nobody else there. They can stop and start as they wish. Um, also, kids that are maybe uh, sports, if that's something um, I know, like, for instance, gymnasts, I know that they have meets all during the week, it seems like, and they're often traveling. And this way, they can easily fit what they're doing around, you know, they can put the classes, asynchronous classes, they can do whenever they need to do it. So they don't have to. If you travel a lot, that would be another thing because um, it's not, you're not going to suddenly miss a class because you're suddenly in a different time zone and you're sleeping. Um, or, you know, or you've gone to the beach and you're on the beach in the middle of your uh, physics class or whatever it is, because you can just, you know, instead come in. And one thing which I hadn't mentioned before is that also about our classes is that although they're asynchronous, many of the classes still have interaction between the students. It, it, that is up to the teacher as to how much, but many of the times the students are actually like doing a project, posting it for everybody to see, commenting on each other's um, you know, there are, there are a lot of tools these days that make it easy. So the students actually know the students in the class, even though they're working asynchronously and, you know, you're commenting at different times of the day, but you are still 
the main takeaways I've getting from them so far is that there's a lot of freedom in here if you're if you want to travel you have the ability because it's an asynchronous class sport if they have a learning difference that they're able to replay over and over again and this is I know for me as a as a learner the way I learn I learn through repetition I have to hear things more than once to be able to really make it personal so if you have a child like that this is probably going to be the best platform for them as well as she doesn't just hire any teachers she hires people who are going to love what they're doing which inadvertently your child will begin to feel that passion and also begin to love even when maybe they didn't like the subject to begin with mm -hmm. they're going to eventually find that passion there because passion is contagious another takeaway i'm getting if you're afraid of oh i don't want my kid to be on the computer so much because they're not going to have any interaction it is actually put into the program interaction between students with their projects, they're able to present, they're able to get feedback, they're able to give feedback, which is also another way of doing mm -hmm. critical thinking right. and to be able to voice their... Now, where did all this inspiration come from? Because this just seems so dynamic. How did you get started with all this? So I'm not a teacher by training at all. Um, I We moved here from South Africa and I realized that my children were far advanced um, with the, uh, compared to the schooling system in Tennessee where I live. And so we realized we we're going to need to homeschool. So I had no idea and I was learning as I went. And my children started going to co-op and they wanted to do more and more classes. And the only way I could afford it was to start teaching. And I discovered I loved it. So I started just teaching a variety of subjects um, and I would learn what I didn't know. But the one thing I do know is computer programming. I was a computer programmer. I worked at Shell, Royal Dutch Shell. And so I realized uh, homeschool parents, most of them do not know how to code particularly the moms, sometimes the dads do. And even moms who do know how, it was a long time ago and they don't know the modern languages and they didn't know where to start. And so I started teaching it at the co-op, but it wasn't hugely successful because you have, I would have to limit the class to eight or 10. And then I'd have one child who was finished everything and super excited and wanting to learn the next thing. Another child who was still struggling to get his computer set up. And another one who discovered how to make sounds and was just making a huge noise and driving everybody crazy. And uh, it, it was mayhem is we were using Scratch. So if anybody knows Scratch, they'll know it's very easy to make sounds. And of course they were loving it, but it, it was terrible. And so I thought this is, I know that people need computer classes, homeschoolers need this, but this isn't the way to go. And I realized I could try doing it online. And so I trialed it with Scratch. In fact, I first just tried it with, you can see unit study out there called Intro to Game Programming. It's just like a small, uh, it's just a, a little dip your toe in the water type of one. But I realized that the kids could, who wanted to go fast, could listen once to the video, stop and work on the game. Every, every module is, is a game that they code. Those that struggled could go back and rewatch and rewatch. And if they needed help from me, they could message me. And in fact, I, have a, I always have a fantastic teaching assistant. So there's two of us that can always answer the students. So they get responses normally within 12 hours, sort of 24 hours is a long time, you know, if they have to wait for us. And so they can say, I'm stuck. Occasionally, we'll even get onto a Zoom call with them. But most of the time, they just send us it. We can explain to them where they're going wrong and help them. So they're getting one-on-one -on -one help, which was so hard in the classroom situation. Um, but this way, everybody goes at their own speed. And then I started thinking, 
I wonder if I could take some of my other classes and put them online in the same way and provide that flexibility of being able to, you know, work, everybody work at their own speed. And so I started taking the classes I was teaching and putting them online and then starting to invite other people to join me. The Spanish teacher taught my kids all Spanish and they all speak Spanish really well. So um, she was the first one I invited and I was like, okay. And so she figured it out. And she and I actually both did a, um, a course from, I think it's the University of San Diego or San Jose, Santa Cruz. One of them's got a, they've got an online course through Coursera in um, how to teach virtually. So we actually did that before we started up. We actually went and learned the, you know, how to make sure that students were actually paying attention and were engaging. And, and so she also has very engaging classes. I love what you said. You said you were learning as you go. Um, as we're wrapping things up, can you talk a little bit about that? Like, I know there's probably a lot of parents who feel super intimidated with this whole new journey of homeschooling, but I have to agree, even me as a teacher who's taught for so many years, I still learn as I go a lot of times because information is always brand new. Um, can you also maybe talk into that learning as you go and why we shouldn't be afraid of that? Right. Well, I think your children are going to learn more by your behavior than by what you say. It's like, you know, it's what you do and what you model for them. And you modeling a growth mindset, you modeling the fact that you are always learning is a very powerful thing for your kids to see. If you show them that learning is finite and you know it all, what are they learning? I just have to learn all this and I know it. Whereas if, you know, and that's the beauty of homeschooling is, you know, you can be at the store driving around and your kid asks a question, you know, and obviously you can do this, we're not homeschooling too, but it's like everything, if they start to ask questions and you don't know the answer, it's so easy nowadays just Google it, you know, and then maybe go to the library and pick out a book on it. You know, you can find things, but you don't have to pretend and learn with them. So for instance, I keep trying to encourage homeschool moms to learn to code with their kids. I'm like, don't be terrified. Buy one of our classes or find something else online. Sit with them. You can do it together. Let them see that you're struggling because also if they see you struggling and pushing through, that is going to encourage them not to give up when something's hard. Um, one of the things which my oldest daughter, who now is a, she's now lecturing at a university in the Netherlands, but she said to me after she'd left home, you know, and I'd homeschooled her from eighth grade through 12th grade. And she watched me not just teach, but I also coach a homeschool science Olympia team. Even though science is not my subject, I don't teach it because I really don't know that much. So I was very much learning, was very much sort of out of my sphere of knowledge but she saw me figure it out and figure out and how to get other how to coach the kids without even knowing everything myself and how we eventually got to actually winning our state championship and this competition by the way is not a homeschool competition it's it's there's a couple of homeschool teams around the country but it's a just a national competition that is mainly public and private schools that actually take part and she said watching me just persevere for years before we finally actually started, you know, it took us a while before we won our first gold medals and before we won our regional competition. And then eventually we won the state. And then eventually we got some medals at nationals. But she said, watching me just sticking at it and learning as I went, showed her that she could do anything she wanted to do. And I thought, wow, that 
was more powerful than any content that I could teach her. And I think that's the thing, parents. Content you can find now. You can find it so easily. You can ask Siri. You can Google for it. Teaching your child to, to persevere, to keep going when they hit a problem, to love learning. And that's homeschooling makes it so easy because you can do things in a fun way. You know, it's you can do field trips and you can you can watch online simulations and you can watch webcams of eagles when you start. It's just there's so much you can do. So, you know, some of the schools are doing that. There are some amazing teachers. I know that some of what you do and you definitely are the kind that I would put in the amazing teacher category. There are those. But as you know, in the public and private schools, you just get who you get. So you can get lucky and get a great teacher and you can get unlucky and get the other teacher. <laughs> uh, Whereas as a homeschool parent, you, you know, you can, you can make it so fantastic and say, show them that you're not scared to learn new things. Thank you for that, Merle. And um, that is a really, that's powerful what you just finished saying. So, you know, struggle with your kids. And, and I, I'm thinking most things are caught, not taught, right? Mm -hmm. you know, perseverance is going to give your child that confidence to also persevere. So you talked about um, them being able to just find content, but what are the, what's the, what are the subjects that you have on Funda Funda? What are some things that they're going to find on your program in your website? Okay. So um, I teach uh, U.S. history. I know I'm South African, but I promise you, I do know my U.S. history. I, I love it, and <laughs> I've got into it. I teach world geography, which um, I travel a lot, so that one's is more obvious. I teach government again. I have learned it, and I teach economics, um, and then I teach the programming, Scratch and Python, and part of the health class. There's three of us that teach that. Uh, then there is also I do personal finance too and I do two writing one for middle school a writing fun class for those are for the kids that hate writing and a writing mechanics which is like the basics for really for eighth graders moving up oh and a computer applications that's just teaching google drive and, and digital literacy and canva and just like all the tools out there it's just a whole year of getting them familiar with everything then we have science we have biology and we have advanced biology we have chemistry we have forensic science earth science ecology we have spanish all ages and we have latin i think the latin starts in middle school I'm trying to remember now um, we have act coaching as well fantastic act coach and to think of what else we have um, english so we've just got a great honors english teacher i've managed to convince her after many years she teaches at our co-op as well um, so I think now have I got the main ones here? We don't have math. So that's one that you will not find, but the rest of it, oh, electives. We've got intro to theater. We've got, um, visual literacy. We've got photography and Photoshop. So, um, and linguistics we've just added to it. So which is actually a past student of ours who's now finished and got his degree in linguistics and is coming back to teach. That's fantastic. That's so there awesome. are, there are a lot of sort of fun, interesting ones, as well as, you know, a lot of the sort of traditional style ones. Totally. I love it. That is fantastic. And then the, um, the, 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 the um, unit studies, uh, they're just like a lot of those and we're adding those all the time. So those are on, you know, social studies and science and history. There's just a lot of different things there. And you may be adding a new science one too, right? 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm hoping to be adding a very interesting physics one. So, but yeah, so we, we are quite, and particularly the unit studies because those are just like four four weeks ones. You know, we're busy busy working on like a basic intro to science right now, and I'm wanting to do one on crypto because that's currently my fascination. I have one of my sons who um, runs a crypto business, so. Um, that's huge have, right now it's huge yes yes so wow. i've been learning and uh i'm hoping to be able to do that because and again i think parents can learn alongside their their children and learn to dabble in what's going on with nfts and yes. crypto and web3 yeah wow that is that's really that's huge because i don't think a lot of people are um tapping into that because they're just a little bit afraid of this nuance of it and everything so kudos on you for going for it no I, I really do keep trying to learn i'm I, yes. I'm, I'm doing what i'm i'm practicing what i'm preaching here it's it's out of awesome. my comfort zone yes um, but i'm feeling more and more familiar as i'm dabbling and i do hold some some crypto tokens which wow. you know, and and so, yes, I'm watching it crashing right now. <laughs> yes, yes, it but, is crashing. But I've been right listening now. to my son. My son's been on a whole bunch of podcasts and I've been listening yeah. to him and learning like that too. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So what, okay. So as we're wrapping up, what's the call to action? Where can they find you? I know you have a podcast. Um, right, so my I... podcast is Homeschooling with Technology. Um, and you can find it wherever you find podcasts. And that obviously touches everything to do with tech, online there's lots of different topics, 180 something of them now. And then our uh, website is funder, funder, F-U-N-D-A, F-U-N-D-A, and then academy. So it's long, but it's quite easy, academy.com. And that's where all our classes are. You can find those. Awesome. Okay. So what is the one thing you want our listeners to take away from our conversation today? That homeschooling is a fantastic way to get your child interested in learning. I've watched my own kids and so many other kids uh, just really take off. But that's only possible when you treat each of your children as an individual and you homeschool, not public school them at home. So, you know, whereas one of our classes may be a great fit for your child, it might not be a great fit for your next child. And you have to take the time as a homeschool parent to Think about what you're doing doesn't mean you have to provide all the curriculum you could go out there and find curriculum and you can choose how involved you're going to be but you're in charge when you're homeschooling and you have to you have to do it right and if you do though the rewards are fantastic uh you know it's just seeing not only my own kids but so many others just really fly and do brilliantly at university and then going on after that and starting to make a real difference in the world is exciting Awesome. Okay. So fundafundaacademy.com. You can find her at Homeschooling with Technology, wherever you have your podcast. And she has a Facebook group as well. So you are able to connect with her. And honestly, if you want your child to just excel in their learning, I would most definitely look into Fundafunda. Thank you, Meryl, for being on today and just sharing all of your expertise, your knowledge, and your testimonies. Really, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to the Homeschool Advantage podcast, where you get the scoop on all the latest vendors that fit your lifestyle. Thanks for listening. 
Also, follow me wherever you listen to your podcast to stay up to date on the next episode. You can also visit my website where the episodes will be and for my free lesson plan course, which can help you if you have different vendors and you're wondering, how do I make them all flow together? Let me help you with that. And if you're a vendor and you think you would like to be on the podcast, send me an email realedtalk at gmail.com. Leave me your name, contact, website, and I'll get back to you. Thanks for stopping in with me and I'll see you on the next time.